energy in, energy out. That's really the easiest calculation of life. And I truly believe that. The time we spend on the things that are important to us is really what we can hope to get back. I mean, it isn't always dollars for dollars or apples to apples or you get the point. But if we're really striving to be our best at something, then that gives us a better chance of success than just going through the motions. I think you're going to like our guest this week. She is just a ball of energy, and we might use the word booty a few times. Enjoy the show. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of the Relatively Normal Podcast. I am your host, Mark Paisan. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. This is your first time listening. You are in for a treat. If you've been with me for a while, thank you so much. As always, if you'd like to become a paid subscriber to the show, head over to that link in the show notes or to anchor.fm. Search for the podcast, hit that money button, and become a paid subscriber for as little as 99 since a month and like always you can listen for free i'm cool with that as long as you're sharing and caring i appreciate it as always this show is brought to you by 6am run 6amrun.com head over to that website for 20 percent off of your first order so let's get right into it i have a really special guest and i was kind of first of all big shout out to pod match because i was really attracted to this person just the energy on her page just the photos, just the words she used, everything just screamed, I am funny, I am insightful, I am energetic, and I want to help people. And one of the things she wants to uh, help you with is um, waking up your sleepy booty. And we'll talk about that a little later. So Megan Nolan, thank you so much for being a part of the show. If you don't mind, just go ahead and introduce yourself for the audience. Well, thank you so much for that great introduction. <laughs> so yes, as Mark said, I am Megan Nolan. Lovely to meet you. And what I do is help goal-driven women and people to weave the tools of yoga into your busy life to keep you holistically healthy and feeling for, feeling amazing from the inside out. And yes, that does include waking up your sleeping booty. I mean, we all sit so much. We both are sitting right now. You as a listener might be sitting as well. So it's definitely one of the tools that I like to share. I'm a yoga instructor, a personal trainer, and a mental fitness coach. So keeping you strong and healthy from the inside out and really love what I do. So I'm grateful to be here. Awesome. Thank you so much. And like I have mentioned on this show before, uh, yoga and I are not really close friends. Um, we've, we've had some interactions before and about five minutes in, I'm like, why am I sweating so much and why <laughs> this, I thought this was supposed to be relaxing and I'm sure if I stuck with it, it would be relaxing. But yeah, you know, before we really get into it, kind of tell us about your journey. What got you here? What got you into? And as you say, which I love by the way, mental fitness coach, um, what got you into this arena? How did you get here? 
Well, I've always loved exercise and movement. It's definitely been a tool for my health and happiness throughout my whole life. And so after I graduated from university, I'm originally from Canada, I studied gerontology, which is the study of aging. After I graduated, I realized, you know what, I don't think I'm cut out for this retirement home, nursing home situation. So I decided to move to Hawaii and become a personal trainer. <laughs> a little bit of a switch for sure, but a more preventative approach to aging because it's all happening. It's happening to each of us, you know, and when we can be proactive and take action on a daily basis, it lends to our quality of life today, our sleep tonight, our mood tomorrow, it all ripples into each other. And so after I had been a trainer for about five years, I decided to complement that work by becoming a yoga instructor. I've always loved yoga. And so I, I can totally attest to what you're saying, Mark, because yes, it's surprisingly challenging. And you might expect, is this going to be like, I'm just stretching, I'm relaxing. The thing about yoga is that because it challenges you on every level simultaneously, it shows us our patterns, right? It shows us our physical patterns, emotional patterns, mental patterns. And so it really is a bit of a mirror in that sense. And, and the thing is, like everything, it's a practice, right? And so, yeah, if you keep showing up, it'll definitely, it it becomes a little easier with time. But so became a yoga instructor to bring those worlds together because I love, you know, the strength and the activation of exercise. But yoga as a school of thought and as teachings and also as the physical practice has so much to offer us from our own personal awareness of our breath and how we hold ourselves, our energy, all of that stuff. And so weaving that all together has been really fun. And then... I also became, and as you mentioned, I love the name too, mental fitness. So that approach is a really cool framework and it really helps us to not only become more aware of the collective in our head, which I call the shitty committee. I apologize if that's an inappropriate <laughs> That is totally fine. You're good. You're okay. Totally good. <laughs> because they just talk a lot of smack. They don't do very much. They make us feel like crap and that's really it. And so when we learn to take our power back from that negative collective in our head and tap back into our wise warrior or our sage self, our higher self. And when we live from that perspective and that point of view, that everything is a gift and opportunity for us to learn and grow, then we, we really develop that mental fortitude and that ability to control our mind, which if we don't, it's just going to run amok and it's going to run the show, right? And so when we learn how to be intentional with our movement, with our thoughts, with our breath, with the way we show up, it changes not only how we feel, but it changes the course of our life really so that's a little bit about me <laughs> oh thank you i appreciate that and and you know two of the things of, of the multitude of things that really um attracted me to you is you know two things that really resonate with me at least in the last 12 to 18 months of my my life is you know one getting up and moving and, and talking about the reality of of sitting too much and the symptoms of that stuff and also morning routines and how they're essential for us. So let's hit one of those at a time. Let's let's start with the morning routine. Why is it so important? And when you coach people, when you talk to people, why is it so important to have that morning routine and have it be empowering for really to help us with our routine throughout the day? Great question. And it's so important for a whole variety of reasons. Like we can just look at it from the energetic point of view. The thing is, is that our lives are busy. We're always getting pinged and dinged and there's all sorts of noises and notifications all day long, right? When you take a moment for yourself, 
first thing in the morning, you are being very intentional about saying, I value how I feel. I value how my body feels enough to make a window of time to be intentional with your focus and with your attention, because it's so easy for us to pour out, give to others, serve others. And we often forget to take care of ourselves. You know, we've all heard the like, pour, can't pour from an empty cup analogy. You got to put on the mask, et cetera, et cetera. Morning routines are a way to kickstart that. And it can be as simple as taking three deep breaths and deciding how you want to feel today because you are way more powerful than you give yourself credit for. And we get to decide how we want to feel. Of course, life is going to throw things at us, but you are so powerful in the sense that you get to decide what you're focusing on. So when you are intentional with those three deep breaths, or if you have a longer window of time, if you're intentional with connecting to gratitude, going into your big vision, like a lot of the things that I share with my students and in my programs to really connect to the vision that you have for yourself, the goals that you have and who the version of you is that has walked that path already, that has achieved those things and then begin to experience that now, that energy of it, right? We were talking about how it's, you know, energy is everything, it's so important. And so what can you do to connect to that, your goals, your vision, whatever it is, but then begin to anchor it into your body through movement. And as you mentioned, getting up and moving more is so key. And so we can shift gears and talk a little bit more about it from a productivity point of view right now, because people that exercise in the morning, there's research that shows us that productivity throughout the day can increase by upwards of 72%. 72, that's a very significant increase in productivity. That's because we're energizing your whole body when you move first thing in the day. And of course that includes your mind, right? So we gotta oxygenate your brain, we gotta get those nutrients up in there. And when you do that, you're engaging your core muscles, you're stoking your metabolism. So things are getting revved up, fired up. You're also engaging muscles that hold you in strong posture. And that takes us to the sitting situation, because if we are not energizing our core muscles in the day, we tend to go back to our patterns, right? Our postural patterns, which we've been talking a little bit about, because we all sit so much and sitting typically does not lend to strong posture. It just in and of itself places us in that weaker posture when we're sitting down. Human beings are designed to move. We don't do very well when we sit. That's why your body complains about it in probably all sorts of ways. But I would say that's in a nutshell why I really emphasize morning routines. And I, for, let me just say this because since I've implemented a morning routine, since I've implemented working out in the morning, I I actually look forward to it now. It's it's the best way to start my day. I know a lot of people have to get up, and including my wife, they have to get up and you know have their coffee and sit down. Like I can't do that. Like I have to be on the move. I have to go for a run or go to the gym. Have to get my body moving, and then like my day is set up. And those days I can't do it. Um, I'm just looking forward to the next day where I can. So I definitely understand that. And I, I, for one, am extremely exponentially more productive when I get a workout in the morning. So uh, forget the data, forget the science, just listen to me. Like I know uh, what <laughs> no, I'm just, <laughs> I'm absolutely kidding. So moving on. Um, and I appreciate you, you going through that stuff because um, you know, a lot of people need to hear that. A lot of people may be saying it in their head because you, you, you're in the business where people will they'll listen to everybody but themselves. Mm -hmm. And 
self-care a lot of people think it's selfish and that's not true at all but um you know what people and what you work on a lot with people is also stress burnout Mm -hmm. coping mechanisms Mm -hmm. things like that but what i want you to, to to kind of focus on and talk about is is the mind and you know body balance because people will get stressed they'll get burned out They'll go into a corner, dark corner. They'll just sit down, stay in that mood. And it's very hard for them to get moving and get active again. So the people you work with or the people you, you've had a dealings with where they're just in that little – in their space and in their little corner. And they want to sit down. They want to slouch. They just want to be in their little nutshell. How does that person kind of work through the issues they have? How do they get back to moving? I know – Having them do yoga, having them go for a walk, having them get in the sunshine are some things that can help. But but how do we help those people in those dark corners of their life? Just kind of get active and get moving again. That's a great question. And it definitely is a challenge. And it's one that I have been in myself. And I know a lot of us probably have experienced, and especially over the last few years, there's been a lot of change in that department. And... It is challenging at first because if we were so out of the habit that we get overwhelmed with the thought of trying to create a new routine or we have this high standard for ourselves that unless I'm going to do it X number of days a week for X amount of time every day, what's the point? So we can almost talk ourselves out of it very quickly, <laughs> right? So that, that in and of itself is a bit of a hurdle. So what I help people to get started with is small habits that add up and really just starting from that place of remembering what makes you feel good and what makes you feel happy and not thinking that you have to do something, you know, just because the experts say that this is how you're going to fix it or, or feel better or what have you. What is it that you actually enjoy? Because when we enjoy something, you're much more likely to do it. Whereas if you feel like somebody is telling you you have to do it to feel better, there can be some resistance around that. So we look at, okay, what is it for you? Some people, as you mentioned, you love to run. I love to dance and do exercise and yoga. And so for me, that's where I start. And starting with that little micro commitment to yourself of let's see how I feel after five minutes. And really just starting there. Because everything is a win, right? There's maybe seen that Instagram that's flying around recently. Like a win is a win. A win is a win. It literally is just like when we can acknowledge that that one little step forward gets us that much closer to feeling like ourselves again, then we start to lay back into that into that habit, right? We lay the foundation for that habit to come back in. So starting with what you love, committing to something small, a certain numbers of days a week. So say you're willing to try one day a week, and really making note of how you feel after. Because what you do there is if you are feeling good after your five-minute walk and you acknowledge how good you feel and you take a second to celebrate yourself, and this is why I give all my students gold stars because remember when we were little, we'd get gold stars like on our 
you know, on your paper or test or whatever, and you were proud of it. As adults, we can be very critical, especially if you're feeling sad or anxious or whatever. We can be very critical of ourselves. So having these little micro habits of celebrating yourself after that walk actually releases dopamine in your brain, which is one of the chemicals that helps us to feel more motivated, to feel happier, to feel more energized. And when your brain creates that link between what you just did and the release of dopamine, which it loves, it makes it more likely that you do it again. So not only are you giving yourself a little pat on the back, you're helping your body to feel a bit stronger and to, you know, notice if you feel any better, you actually make it more likely for you to continue that habit. So it's a little bit of a brain hack and it really just kind of, it gets you moving forward again, because as you said, those first steps into the realm of exercise, et cetera, can be a little intimidating or feel a bit awkward, but really just having that little micro commitment is a good start. You know why I like that so much? Because it, it takes me back to uh, what a lot of people say, either psychologists, therapists, whatever, life coaches say about, you know, just the detriment of like new, uh, new Year's resolutions. And people try to throw too much on themselves too quickly. And that's why so mm-hmm. many of them fail. And I think the kind of advice you gave there is, listen, like no one's asking you to cure everything right now. No one's asking you to change the world right now. We're just asking you to dance for five minutes just Mm -hmm. go out instead of you know sitting on that couch for five minutes go outside to your back porch and just sit in the sunlight for five and just see how you feel that's it Mm -hmm. and you know those little wins turn into more little wins and they turn into bigger wins and and before you know it you're in a better headspace and you're ready to tackle the world so I, i i love that a lot and uh another thing i think we we definitely need to talk about is one of the things that you're really passionate about. And you're, it says in your biography that you're, you, you help success-driven women press pause in their busy lives to go from frantic and frazzled to calm and confident fast. So the reason I want to talk about this, and other than just great wordplay, by the way, um, wonderful wordplay, um, is, the fa- <laughs> is the fact that if we could be honest for a second, like we understand when I say we, I'm talking about you and I on this show right now. We understand the, the the absolute pressure that so many women are under. And especially wanting to get into the workforce, wanting to be good mothers, wanting to get that body back after having a baby. Like we can, the list can go on and on. Plus they open Instagram and oh my God, this model just had a baby three seconds ago and it's already have six back abs. <laughs> you know, so we understand that to be a successful woman means something different than a man. And for people listening, I'm kind of kind of explain that. I'm going to let Megan kind of talk about it a little bit. I'll give you an example. I can literally just go to the store with my daughters, just go to the store with them. And I'm the dad of the year. I am the dad. Oh my goodness. You're the best dad ever. And it doesn't matter what kind of behavior they're having. It doesn't matter if they're having a breakdown. It doesn't matter if they're being sweet little girls I'm the dad of the year. On the flip side of it, if my wife were to take them to the store and, you know, her her makeup's not done, her hair's all over the place, the girls are having a meltdown, she's not being a good mom. Total double standard, and we understand that these things happen. So in your work, when you work with these women who want to be successful, they want to be out there, they want to be corporate, they want to be CEOs, they have CFOs, all this stuff, but they want to be mothers too, and they want to be successful wives and all this stuff. Tell me about the work you do with these women, what kind of, you know, opportunities, you know, they want you to help them with and, and how do you work through that together? And and plus on the top of that, 
Why is this so important to you? It's important to me because I believe that people that are very purpose-driven, goal-driven are here to be change makers. They're here. They have that mission in their heart to want to achieve all of those things they just mentioned. And some of that is to do with their family and some of that is to do with the impact that they're making in the world. So I really feel passionate about supporting people in that sense so that they can go out and have their fulfill their mission, fulfill their dreams, like bring their goals to life. So that's why I'm so passionate about it. And that's where we start, to be honest. That's really the foundation for everything is the goals that they have for themselves and the person that they see in that vision. Because you mentioned the New Year's resolutions. A lot of the time that people don't follow through on their New Year's resolutions is because they haven't shifted how they see themselves at the core identity level. And when we have this understanding that you are a person who values your health. You are a person that shows up for yourself regularly. You are a person that cares so much about how you feel that makes it a top priority in your life and in your day. That's the version of her that she needs to become to bring that big vision to life. But if we're so focused on what it looks like from the outside and we're trying to do all these things and check all the boxes and we're not checking that first and important, most important box of taking care of ourselves and beginning to really see ourselves for how amazing and how valuable and how incredible we are as we are, then all of it's just going to kind of fall apart rather quickly, right? So that's how we start is doing those these exercises and these meditations and visualizations so that she gets a sense for that woman uh, that she truly is at her deep core because I don't believe that we have to change to become that way. I believe that we have the tools that we need to succeed and those qualities that she needs to have to achieve all those things. She has them. It's just a matter of practice, right? We call it a yoga practice, not a yoga perfect. So we're becoming that version of ourselves. We're peeling away all the other stuff that we think matters, right? Like the vanity metrics and the photos and the this and the that. And she gets to come back to what's really, truly important for her, which is how she's showing up for her family, how the mom that she's being for her kids and the partner that she is and all of those things. And so really dialing it back in so that she knows at her core who she really is. And she shows up from that place every day. And I love that. And you're absolutely right. And, and that, you know, taking that focus from external to internal is, is something we can talk about and say, Hey, you need to do this or we can work on that. But it's, it's a hard thing to do. It's a really tough thing to do. And, mm-hmm. you know, I believe that people should reach out to, to life coaches and, and mental fitness people that can really assist them in that because, if you think about it, most of the things in life that we want to get better at, it, it takes one of two things. One, either we're we're taking the time out of our day to to learn and to educate ourselves, or we're using coaches and teachers and mentors to do these things. So, you know, just like with my physical health, I I, I needed a personal coach, and I went out and got a physical uh, trainer, personal trainer, and it it opened my eyes up to so many things. And I think so many people can do the same thing with their mental health. And so, as we kind of you know, shift back to, you know, what you do and, and the tools that you use. Um, I would kind of like you to talk about specifically yoga. I've, 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 you can tell I've been trying to stay away from it as long as I can, but you know, we're gonna, (laughs) we're gonna talk about it. Um, and I guess a, a question more for me is, you know, 
what attracted you to to yoga? Like, I understand there is that that element of it where it's you versus you. It's like you and just a mat. You, you can do it anywhere. You can do it on a beach. You can do it in the comfort of your own home. There's so many places you can do it. You don't need much to do it. But can you kind of talk about like what brought you to it and then like what you what you personally get out of yoga? Well, I have a good one-liner for you for that. So I tell people that I came for the yoga booty and I stayed for the inner peace. <laughs> I like it. I like it. We, that's it, guys. I appreciate you being on the show. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that, that, that's great. That's the wrap. Yeah. <laughs> so, so as I mentioned, I've always loved, like I was, a, I ran as a kid and then I started doing weight training, et cetera, et cetera. And so I was going to a gym and they had a class that was sort of a yoga fusion class. And so I, I tried it out in that sense because I found it very physically challenging as you alluded to earlier. And I like that. I liked that element of it. And the thing with an ancient practice such as yoga that has such a depth to it is that you start it for one reason and it starts to kind of reveal itself to you, you know, and with practice as you learn and as you learn the the different teachings and the poses and the breathing and the nuances of it, it became obvious to me that it was a tool set of like complete transformation on every single level because yoga sees us as a multi-layered multi-faceted being and it treats you that way because what in everything that you do all the layers of you are affected and so i started to you know have a curiosity about it started to practice with other teachers and started to do my own learning and understanding and soon realized that it wasn't so much a physical practice. That's really the most external layer that we all know and can touch and see. It really is a practice of self-awareness. And it is really about learning truly what we do, how we do it, how we breathe, how we can stand and wobble in one pose and feel like an awesome superstar in another one. But it's a practice of self-awareness. And by learning about ourselves and having that moment of, at least for me, because I'm kind of a busy brain. We're all busy brained in a sense, but for me, I need to do at least a few different things simultaneously in order to keep my mind very quiet. So, (laughs) um, and I've, that's, you know, definitely improved with practice, but I found that yoga gave me a piece that I had never experienced before because I was letting my brain run the show, which is, you know, we spoke to a little bit earlier when I was on the mat doing the poses and working the subtleties and the nuances of the poses, I was able to drop into that space of quiet that we all think we're trying to access through meditation or yoga, but really is available to us all the time. That's the wisdom of your heart, that inner stillness. And so when we can learn how to dial down the noisy chatter of the mind or the shitty committee, we can access that piece. And we practice it on the mat ultimately for use off the mat. It's a transferable tool set because it's, it's really a practice for life. Like standing on one foot on a rock hurtling through space is a, is a feat in and of itself, but learning how to hold steady in a challenging relationship or conversation when you're getting triggered and you're getting tested and you're feeling sad and you're tired and hungry is really, you can see how in those moments when we might get a little bit wobbly on the yoga mat, but we just keep trying, we try again, we try again, we go back to the breath. That is really 
training us to be able to do that in moments when we're not on the yoga mat wearing yoga pants. It's really, to me, has made it so obvious that it's a foundational tool set for all the challenges that we experience as modern humans, you know, especially those that endured a, a global pandemic. Like we really, we needed these tools to not only keep our immune system strong, but to be able to mitigate the, the moments of stress and loneliness and like physical exhaustion and sadness. Like it has such a diversity to its benefits that it really is, I see it as a foundation for life. And that is awesome. And I think, uh, and I always, not always, but I always wonder about the, the yoga classes that are offered now with the, the hot yoga and the, the naked yoga. And I'm just, is there, are, are those two things that you are a part of? Do you, <laughs> do you, do you even think about that? Or you're just, Hey, it's me and my mat and it's, a, a, the temperature is fine. I have my clothes on. Like, is that how you feel? <laughs> <laughs> Right. Well, I don't. Yeah. I mean, I want to say, as my teacher says, mm -hmm. there's many paths to the same mountain okay. and yoga is yoga. You know, whether you got like your goat baby goats climbing all over you. I've seen that. Yes, degrees. I've yeah. seen that. that. Again, I know I... it's a bit cringy. It's a bit cringy. It's like. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, when people are doing yoga and they're tapping in, then I'm all for it, right? You know, whatever. If you're going to do it upside down in a hot air balloon, I don't know, whatever. It's yoga. Like, if, if it's helping them calm and come back to themselves, I'm okay with it. But it also speaks to me that, you know, we, ha we don't need to take something that in its purest essence has the tools right in it and make right. it like big and flashy and fancy. Right. I think it's like partially a marketing gimmick, but you know, it's yoga. Hey, so I mean, I'm happy yeah. they're doing it. I, 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 don't, I think I kind of agree with you, but you know, the, the, I think I'd be more inclined to do negative, naked versus hot because like when I see the hot and it's, it's people are just, like everyone in this room is just sweating so profusely, but oh, I, yeah. I digress. I, we're, we're going to have to, I apologize. Um, That's okay. I don't like the hot yoga either. I've, I used to do it, but it's, I get, I'm Irish. I'd like, I get <laughs> like fiery as it is. And so I would just get really agitated, which I know is part of the practice mm -hmm. to witness the emotional reactions, but it literally, I just, I, I can't get down with it. I live in a hot climate anyway. So it's oh, good, much very, very good point. I, maybe, <laughs> maybe, if you're, maybe if you're in Ireland, you'd think about hot yoga, yeah. but you're not. <laughs> Um, yeah. Awesome. And, and you know what I like about how you explain yoga, and I think um, this might resonate with some people, is, and you mentioned this on your um, Instagram page, that you know almost 50% of executives might deal with some sort of mental health, either ADD, ADHD, bipolar, anxiety, depression. And you said you've mm -hmm. dealt with some of those things before, and you've been on medication, but the medication that works for you is yoga. And... I think that speaks a lot about your connection to the practice. Like you're just not doing this for your physical. I'm not, you're not doing it because, Hey, 30 minutes a day, I'm going to get it in. I'm going to get it over with and I'm done. Like you're literally doing this for your own personal mental health. So kind of talk about how yoga puts you in that good headspace, how you feel before and after because, again, this show is about lifting that stigma, about talking about mental health, lifting that stigma about people even mentioning, hey, yoga helps me mentally. So kind of talk mm. about how it how it helps you with your headspace. 
Absolutely. And I will definitely start by saying I, I am a proponent for medita medications, meditations, whatever it is that can be helpful. I think in certain cases, medications is essential and important. And so I honor that. And I will answer your question in saying that there's an amazing amount of research that shows the beneficial effects of yoga on stress reduction, hormonal balance, mood stabilization, improving our sleep, all of what digestion, which of course then benefits your gut, which then of course benefits your brain. So all of this lends to physical health, yes, but mental health for sure. And so not only does learning to breathe properly give you a tool to navigate those moments when you're feeling potentially rather anxious or if you're feeling a bit wound up or being able to move your body in a way that helps you feel a little bit more energized, a little bit more clear-headed. All of those are reasons why I'm a huge advocate for as regularly as you can practice. It doesn't necessarily have to be a long, you know, hour long thing. The consistency in your practice and the consistency in anything is where you start to feel the difference, both in your physical and your mental and emotional health. And so again, that's why I, I really suggest that people do something in the morning because it does, it lifts your energy, it lifts your spirit, it lifts your mood, all of those things. Right. And so in the morning, if you can, if not later on, but I really do find that. And as you mentioned too, doing things first thing in the morning really sets the tone for the whole day. And when we energize ourselves in the morning and we, we get things moving, we get our energy up, if you will, or we continue to oxygenate our brain and our muscles. It literally, it's like giving yourself that little bit of a dose of <laughs> joy in a sense, because I find that moving my body and maybe yourself and your listeners can relate to this is that it really does change how you feel completely. And when we get into that space of like, okay, here I go. I did this for myself. I'm feeling stronger. I'm feeling grounded. I'm feeling ready to take on the day. It changes how you show up. And so for me, there's been moments when my yoga practice does not look like that. I will admit to you 100% that there have been moments when my yoga practice was basically me crawling to the mat and laying there on the mat and crying. And that's okay too, because processing our emotions is very important. And that's why I love that you brought this up. And that's why I'm a huge part of this conversation, because I believe that it needs to be one that's happening because this is part of our human condition is that we all have these ranges of emotions and people that are very driven and entrepreneurs in general, as you said, are, we are kind of, we lend to that, well, creative, excited, and then whew, to the other end of the spectrum. And so having the tools to navigate that, like tools of movement, exercise, yoga, breath work, meditation, they're really, like I said, they're tools for life. And so when you're having that moment of like, I don't know if I can do this. I just want to like crawl under the rock. Then having the tool set to be able to honor your emotions, recognize them, process them, and then do those little steps forward to feeling like yourself again, then that's incredibly invaluable and incredibly powerful. And I know someone's listening right now, and, and thank you, first of all, for being you know vulnerable and kind of opening up and, and talking about that. Someone's listening and saying, you know what, okay, all right, I'm convinced, I'm going to try it, 
but I don't know how to start. Um, and it seems like it would be a pretty obvious, like you can, you know, just start yoga. But for someone who's never done it and wants to at least attempt it and try it, what are just some, you know, words of advice you can give them, how they can get started, what things they should look for? Is it expensive? Do they need to go buy this, you know, expensive yoga block or mat or whatever, or these, you know, like, you know $300 yoga pants? Like, how <laughs> how does someone just get started into, uh, you know, into yoga? Great question. So, I mean, ideally you would have a yoga mat. Um, but you don't necessarily need one. You can always use a towel or a blanket, but you can get a rather a good quality one, inexpensive at, you know, your local like sports store or what have you. But really one thing to keep in mind is that like anything new, we want to give yourself grace with it because it's, as we've said a few times, a lot more challenging than you might expect, not just from a mental perspective, not just from a standing on one foot perspective, but just really being aware that it'll take time and, and patience with yourself. And that's one of the lessons that you get to learn and get to practice. And so a great place to start is come over and check out my YouTube channel because I got lots of videos on there for you. Or you can check out my Instagram because I have little videos on there that you can do along with me. But really starting slowly and giving yourself the space and the grace to kind of just see what happens, right? Because sometimes we get, we, we're all motivated and we're like, yes, I'm jumping in. I'm totally going to do this thing and I'm going to try to get my leg over here. And da, da, da. and we can lose interest really fast if we label it too hard. We, you know, a lot of people will start meditation. They'll start yoga, but they don't continue because it's too hard or they thought it would be faster. Or they thought it would be more challenging or whatever. And just know that there's lots of ways that you can practice. And so I would definitely come over and check come and connect with me and maybe head over to my website because I have lots of stuff and tools on there too, but be willing to be curious, right? And we call it the beginner's mind for a reason is try, just try a couple sessions and see how it feels. And if you don't like that vibe or that person's style, then try something else and just be willing to commit to, as we said, the little baby steps, like a five minute session and see how it feels. Right. Or ideally, if it's available to you, you would go to a class in person. I mean, you can definitely do it online as well, but just to see. And that way you have that connection in the conversation with the teacher, because then you can ask your questions. And that's really important. Traditionally, yoga was taught one on one because nobody is the same. Like no body is the same. We don't move the same way. Yes, we have patterns, especially, you know, when somebody sits a lot, there's patterns that happen pretty consistently, but everybody's got their own little flair and their nuances. And so having a teacher that you can work with either virtually or in person that can answer your questions, but make modifications for you because you want to know that you're doing it properly. Because when most people start yoga, our body awareness is not what it can be. <laughs> you know, we, we start in one place and, and I tell, ask somebody to do something and they think they're doing it, but they're doing this when I'm actually asking them to do this, you know? And so as your body awareness develops, then you'll be able to refine the pose and the practice. But having a teacher to give you feedback is really, really important. So you learn to do it correctly. Like if you learn to do it correctly the first time, then you don't have to unlearn bad habits. Also, that's important. So that'd be maybe our, my suggestions for where to get started. And I think another thing that um, that has affected me, and I know affects other people in the past, is, is uh, you know, listening to the show is, is is body image and, and positive body image and things like that. And you know, you mentioned 
maybe finding a class or doing online and someone's like, I'm definitely going to do it virtually. Like, I don't want it to be around anybody. I don't want them to see me. I don't, especially I'm going to wear the tights, you know, and it affects men and women. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, with, and, and I personally believe that even though I'll, I'll sit here and, and say silly things about yoga, I, I do think there is a beauty and a grace to it. And even when someone is just beginning, like, seeing that person attempt to get in the poses and kind of go like I think journeys are beautiful I think progress is beautiful like I don't care about the result the W's and the L's I could care less about them like I want to see the journey and but so many people don't want to go on that journey just because of the way they see themselves in their head Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. is that something you've ever dealt with or or do you deal with that when your clients like how how and this is a journey again I'm being kind of selfish and this is a journey I've been on again the last 12 to 18 months with body image issues and kind of just saying you know what this is the body I was given I'm going to work on it I'm going to work on my mental and I'm going to learn to love this body but is that something that you have to deal with or you or some of your uh, clients have to deal with also absolutely Absolutely. It's, it's challenging because, you know, what we see on social media is that yoga is like Cirque du Soleil pretzel. (laughs) You have to be, otherwise you're not doing yoga properly. And so it gives us this false impression of what it's really all about. And I definitely have had students that have gone to class and because they weren't able to do certain things or because they had a different body shape than the instructor really were were shamed and also were felt quite embarrassed because they couldn't do the pose and they were called out or, you know, they wobbled because they have a wrist issue and they can't do the pose that way and they weren't able to catch up. And so a lot of people go through that for sure. It's super common. Yeah. And then you throw in the yoga pants and like, that's a whole other ball of wax. (laughs) Like. I get it. I totally get it. And, but I believe that, and I see it a lot, that there's a huge movement of body positivity around yoga being for everybody and really making sure, and I do this in my teaching, making sure to be offering modifications and showing them that I can't do everything either. And, you know, it's, we all have these things that we come to the table with. And so that's where the essence and the beauty of it. And that's one of the core elements is that it's, we start with self-awareness and then it, it expands into self-acceptance and then it really blossoms into self-love. As you've said, it, it is a journey of that. It's a journey of becoming more patient with ourselves, witnessing who you are and the magic that is you and learning to nurture that relationship with your beautiful soul and not listen so much to the noisy chatter in the head. And so... Yes, I would say that that's definitely very common and finding a teacher, finding a community, finding an online session, you know, chatting with me if you have questions that not to let it deter you because the gifts that you will get from showing up for yourself are so much more important than feeling like you were called out in that class or what have you. It's really the, the gifts are so powerful. The transformation is so deep and, and that's, it's there for you too. It's not a certain body type or somebody that can bend their leg in a weird shape. It's, it's the gifts of yoga are there for everybody. And so finding a place where you feel comfortable, that's really super important. I love that. And, uh, you know, before I let you go, I definitely want to ask this question. I don't, I don't know if, um, 
don't think I have mentioned it yet. So in regard to your your mind, body, physical fitness, mental fitness, all that stuff, the yoga, we've talked about everything other than kind of nutrition. And we mentioned gut health a little bit, which is a people. Gut health is so important. <laughs> like, I can't say it enough. Um, it's it's unbelievably important. But kind of walk through how you look at nutrition, how you look at the, the fuel you put in your body. Um, is there something, is there a go-to for you? Is there something you're focusing on? Is it a keto diet, vegan diet, vegetarian? Or is it something like, hey, I know my body wants at a certain time and I just I just do what it asks me to do? Yes, great question. And of course, nutrition is super important. And it's definitely one of the pillars of lifelong vitality It's making sure that you are eating food to fuel your body. And that's a whole other conversation of our relationship to food and around the food that we're eating. But I really focus on helping people to integrate a more whole foods diet. So starting with the foundational elements of, wait for it, Fruits and vegetables. Amazing. <laughs> I never, never thought those would be good for us. Never thought that. So, right? It's it's foundational stuff. We tend to overcomplicate things, and you know, if we circle back to the gut health, that's one of the most powerful ways to ensure that you have the fuel that all the guts, all the bacteria in your gut need is, is fiber, <laughs> and making sure that you're eating the vitamins and minerals through your through the fruits and veggies and really providing yourself on that base layer. So that's what I focus on because it's so, so important. And it's, it's often skipped because we're looking for this fancy framework, you know, and it's a lot of the time it's like, what is the most powerful are typically the simple changes that we can sustain. And so, you know, I'm, I'm not, a fan either or I'm not a proponent in, in in a variety of different directions other than eating what feels good to your body and eating what we know is essential to your overall mechanism of your body functioning well and making sure that you have the tools that you need to continue to rebuild your muscles and have the hormonal balance and all that good stuff. So that's the way that I look at nutrition. And then as you mentioned, it's more of an intuitive eating because I believe that it fluctuates. And, you know, back in the day, we didn't have access to strawberries all year round or whatever, you know, here, you know, for example, bananas, we have bananas all the time. So bananas are something that we can eat here all the time. Whereas in colder climates, you're not going to have access to those fruits and veggies all year round. So eating more seasonally based on where you live is a little bit more, you know, back to the foundation, back to like the roots, if you will. Haha, <laughs> roots, vegetables. We can see each other on video for people listening. So, yes, she she saw my head go into my hand. So, yes, well done. Well done. <laughs> Ah, it's pure wit. But yeah. yes, anyways, I digress. Just making sure that you are eating with your with what feels good to your body and, you know, not just getting food when you're tired and grumpy and hungry because then you end up getting random stuff. Mm. But like that's, you know, where I start people with. Yeah, and I think one of the things that people – I wish I had known this is that when, if people are really going to get healthy and, and, and I don't want – I say I don't want, I don't, I, I, but I, I don't, I don't want people to like have their focus to be, Hey, I want to lose weight. Like, yeah, that's, that's great. If you're, if you're overweight or you have extra fat and you, but the way I think is a better way to look at it is I want to get fit. I want to get healthy. 
because what happens is in in you know not to take up too much of your time is that the fact that I had that inclination in my head when I was 321 pounds that I just want to lose weight and for almost a year of my life I starved myself I literally starved myself I would have some days I'd have less than a thousand calories a day and I'm six foot five 320 and you can imagine how hungry I was and if you know and it took a fluctuation of going up and down and up and down until I finally got to a point where it's like hey I need this fuel like if I want to go to the gym if I want to go for this you know eight nine ten mile run I need these calories and I need these good calories and um and what would happen is I I I know the days would go by and finally I just like I'm too hungry and I'd have a candy bar I'd have something sweet I'd have ice cream I had something and feel horrible about myself so kind of heed that advice I think that's great advice Megan in regard to just learning more about yourself learning about your body learning what makes you tick learning what gives you the energy that you need because I know if I have a banana like that gives me really good energy that gives me really good energy if I have a candy bar I might feel like it gives me that energy but literally 30 minutes later I'm coming right down I'm coming right down so I appreciate that advice. I appreciate everything you talked about. So you mentioned that you're on social media. You have the IG page, YouTube. On either of those pages, will we get to see, is this a rooster, a Hawaiian rooster? Will we get to see the, <laughs> the rooster on any of those pages? Uh, yeah, he's definitely on my Instagram. Okay. Chirpy the rooster, you are mentioning. Yes. Explain, explain <laughs> Chirpy the rooster, please. Um, okay, so for those of you that have been to any of the Hawaiian islands or pretty much any tropical place on the planet, you may have noticed an abundance of chickens and roosters, yes? Like it doesn't have to, you don't have to come out here to Maui to have seen that probably in some other places because it's very common. And so on Maui, we have a bit of a chicken situation. They don't have any natural predator other than humans and cats. So they are prolific and including my backyard. And so a mama hen was kind of taking, you know, making her roost, what have you, in our backyard. And so she was coming here on a regular basis with her little baby chickens, the little baby chickens in the backyard, so cute. And she showed them where to get water from the banana plant, all that. And then a couple of days later, no mama hen. And they're very distraught. So they're all in the backyard peeping about. And I'm an animal lover. I, you know, I've adopted animals before. Even though I'm terrified of birds, I decided that I was going to step in and do the right thing and get out there and give them the quinoa and the gluten-free bread and, you know, do all of that. Terrified of birds, even though they're like pocket size at this point, little, little beep, 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 chirp, chirp, chirp. And as you may guess, progressively, there's fewer and fewer chicks in the backyard until there was only one. And so I'm still out there and feeding the quinoa and the bread. And he got a little sassy to the point where he would come up to the door here on the window and like doop, 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 on the, with his little beak. And I didn't realize, though, that he was a rooster. I likely would have not made such a, you know, friendly advancement towards him had I known he was a rooster and I you know so I figured that out one morning when he was sitting outside my window 
at four o'clock in the morning. And I heard his like first little go at the like, it was all screechy and quiet. And I realized like, oh man, it's a rooster. And so, yeah, I accidentally adopted a rooster, but it's kind of perfect because I am an advocate for morning routines and they are like pretty much the iconic totem for them. And so it was also around the time when I was totally burnt out and exhausted. And I was like praying for help from the universe of like, send me a sign. I need some help. And so I started to really like, I had no choice because he was crowing it up in the backyard, started to really observe him and see how like, okay, he was very consistent with his morning routine. He did it every day. And he was out there and he was celebrating the new day, you know, like singing away. Oh, cock doodle So I'm like, okay, you can be consistent. You can celebrate. Gratitude is a huge part of my life and has been a great tool set for me. And then really seeing how he just owned it. Like he was just, you know how roosters are. They're the essence of confidence. And so he was out there, you know, doing his little tail feather shake and then strutting across the lawn. And so I realized that that's really the essence of a morning routine is being consistent and celebrating the day and doing things that help you to feel confident. And so, yes, Chirpy the Hawaiian rooster actually has been quite a teacher for me. <laughs> and uh, would, you, would you say that Chirpy, because he's a rooster, um, is a little cocky instead of confident? See what I did there. I, I had to. I had to give it back to you. I had to give it back to you. All I right, know <laughs> that was good, and it's funny because normally I like I I say that in the story. If I had known he was a rooster, I would have named him something else. I wouldn't have called him Chirpy because he is that exactly. He was cocky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the energy you put out is the energy you get back in. So I'm glad that you and Chirpy are together. Megan, this has been great. How do people get in contact with you? You mentioned your IG, you mentioned YouTube. How do people get in contact with you on social media? Yes. On Instagram, I am Megan Nolan, spelled out. I am Megan Nolan. And I have a really great little gift. If people want to grab it, you can go to gift from Megan and it's my energy fix blueprint to help you to take a power pause anytime you need it to give yourself a boost of energy mentally, physically, emotionally, all the good things. And so, yeah, if you grab the gift from gift from Megan, then we can connect. You can reach out with any questions that you have. I can help you, you know, find the next step in your yoga journey or your health journey. I'd love to connect with you in either of those places. Awesome. I will have links to all of Megan's social in the show notes. Like she said, if you're just looking to get started or have any questions, reach out. She will answer your questions. She will help you to become a better version of yourself. Thank you so much, Megan, for being a part of the show. You and Chirpy take care of yourselves. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's been great to chat with you. Thank you. Shout out to our guest this week, Miss Megan Nolan. Go follow her Instagram, follow her page. Just great energy. And she's a rooster owner. I mean, what else can you say? As always, Relatively Normal is written, produced, and edited by me, Mark Paisant. And if you or anyone you know is in crisis, please contact the National Mental Health Hotline by dialing 988 on any phone. Thank you.